Hello and welcome to The Scaling Edge. This is the internet talk program that focuses on the hard-won lessons by battle-hardened entrepreneurs. We're focusing on one or two nuggets that we can learn from people that have their hands in it, boots on the ground, that uh, can share with you to help you scale your business and your life. Dan is in the chair. Dan yes, Reyes. Hello. Hello. And uh, Max is always here. What's up? Max, uh, I am your host, Michael Brooks. Thank you for being a part of our program. Thank you for being on the Scaling Edge. Ralph, Ralph is in the very exciting, very enthusiastic, extremely <laughs> boring. He helps implement ERP software, which, you know, nobody wants to talk to that person ever, but we do because it, there are very hidden advantages in some of these navigating through some of these really necessary aspects of business automation. AI, all these things are are coming up more and more, and Ralph has been getting more and more attention as the navigator of the navigators. Ralph, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here? Yeah, absolutely, Michael. Nice to nice to speak with you today. Uh, yeah, it, the journey started, and I, I'm not going to bore you because I, I usually get, Ralph, don't go all the way back there. The journey started in the 80s, but I learned some really key elements of what have led to my success back in the 80s. So in the 80s, I started as a programmer. Yes, they weren't called software engineers. They didn't have highfalutin terms. We we're nothing but programmers. As I developed my career and started to move up the ladder, shall we say, just from programming to business analysis to working with people on actually the solutions that they wanted delivered through technology, I really learned some really essential lessons, which was technology and solutions has to be for business sake. It can't just be that I've got this cool code, I've got AI, you know, the latest, right? I have machine learning, I have AI. Uh, that's awesome. But what can it do for me? I call it the so what factor. I used to get that question a lot early in my career. Hey, didn't I do a great job? They said, yeah, so what? That's it pretty much sums up corporate life in the 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah, you did a good absolutely. job. So what? You get to keep your job. Yeah. Totally different culture than today. It sure is. Oh, yeah. Much different. So then uh, from there, I, I used that 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 foundation to help start a couple of different organizations. I was a, a partner in a, a startup back in the early 90s, then another startup in the early 2000s. Used that that kind of framework of so what and active listening and really listening to what people the problems that people were trying to solve and the outcomes they were looking to achieve. Those were really the key elements of, of building a successful career and really accelerating um, each of those, those different uh, opportunities I was involved with. So fast forward from the 80s, through the 90s, through the 2000s, through 2010, and all the way now to all these really cool technologies that people have today. We have machine learning, we have artificial intelligence. Those are all the buzzwords and, and everything that's going around. But without the foundation of running a good business and having good controls in place, you can't leverage any of those technologies. So the so what of so what? Why do ERP? Why put good controls in place? Well, Frankly, you can't get financing without good controls in place. If you're an entrepreneur and trying to leverage your vision and your idea, you really need to prove to investors today who, who don't just buy vision anymore. They don't just buy the founder. They buy, they buy everything that's around that founder and their vision. And so having good solutions, systems in place, especially as some of the industries we're involved in with biotech, biotech startups technology startups, et cetera. The investment community is now looking to have that boring thing that they call ERP in place 
as part okay, of the, define for, for people that don't know what ERP stands for. What's ERP? The full term is even more boring. It's enterprise resource planning. Think of it as your accounting, <clears throat> your inventory, <throat> your sales, right? Yeah. I can put you, I can put you to sleep with this stuff. But uh the, the uh, reality is is that everybody needs it, everybody's got to have it. I liken it today that you have to have it as much as you have to have an internet connection, as much as you have to have electricity. You're talking Dan's love language. I mean, when it comes to process and operation, that's that's where that's where Dan shines. I mean, it's there's there's nothing he doesn't processitize down to his kids. That's it. <laughs> Everything has to Oh, you must it. be a very popular dad, Dan. <laughs> I think so, maybe. Well, he has, he has huge background in the in the franchise world, and franchise is all about process processizing. Yep. yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you work with a lot of uh, franchisers? You ever get? Uh, no, we don't. Not not too many franchisers. We're we're very involved in uh, in life science at this point. It's a it's a big focus of our practice, and there's a lot of innovation, obviously, that goes on there. They've uh, with the with COVID and the reonshoring of technology related to to uh, life science. There's there's really burgeoning industry there that uh, really starting in 2020 21 really started to take off. And uh, those companies really wanted to get a foundation in place. Um, Can to you be give able us to an example system. of a company and how they were successful and the impact it had bringing bringing on the navigator of ERP yeah. into the business? Yeah, <laughs> sure, absolutely. So just uh, full transparency, right? We implement SAP solutions, which is the Cadillac of all the of all the ERPs. They're the largest business software company in the world. Okay. So one, one example is a company called uh, Center for Breakthrough Medicines. Really innovative company. It was founded actually by a real estate mogul um, in the Philadelphia area who had a real vision of making the Philadelphia area Silicon Valley. It's a play on words, C-E-L-L, Icon Valley, not Silicon Valley. So cell therapies, gene therapies, research in, in life sciences. So they started with they started with that vision. They were going to become an incubator space for cell therapy companies. So what they did was they wanted to put in place a foundation of process, financials, procurement, inventory, research and development, project tracking. They wanted to put that foundation in place. And they wanted to be able then to provide that as in a service of their overall incubator services. And what they did was grow from 18 people in 2021 to over a thousand people today. And they were able to do that by having processes in place, being efficient, and being able to replicate what they were doing in a very easy way. Max, did you hear that? Oh yeah. The right process, 18 people to a thousand people. So you were hands-on with that operation, Ralph. Right, exactly. And, and hold on a second, Dan. You grew up in Philly, lived yes. there most of your life. Yep. Could you see that being a silly valley? Uh, it's silly right now. It's, it's silly now. It's been silly. How is their the progression? How's their progression towards becoming Silicon they, Valley? There's a lot of a lot of uh, early stage gene research companies have have started to flock towards that area. There's a lot of unused production space from life science companies that kind of left the Philadelphia area. Believe it or not, company you know. People left. Dan probably finds that hard to believe. Oh, no, Jane, Jane um, has a big presence there. Merck has a big presence there, all in the yeah. suburb of Philadelphia, but they got big presence. Did they? Did they yeah, yeah. And so that's, yeah, there? Dan, it's I in the city. If you walk down the street in Philadelphia, it looks like somebody's been doing experiments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Little... Hey, that might be, yeah. No, it's actually, yeah, out in King of Prussia, 
Chester, you know, those areas. Montgomery County and yeah, Merck is out there. You know, yeah. you got Fort Washington, you got J&J. You know, yeah. Some- and a lot of, you know, a lot of the, what they did was they took over a couple plants, manufacturing facilities that I believe Merck or one of the other companies left. And uh, they've just redeveloped that as, as an incubator space, having a lot of success. With they've garnered a $350 million investment from SK. They are on the grow really on the grow. So that that's an example of what a lot of our life science companies are doing. We have another one, TriRx, which is a contract manufacturer. They started out with 12 people in Huntsville, Alabama. They're now, again, over a thousand people, five plants, three countries. So this, this whole concept of being able to take your vision, put process around your vision, allows you to scale far more effectively than if you didn't have that in place. So take your vision and put process around your vision. Right. Correct. That's the core of what brought your, what did you say, 11 to 1,000 people? Well, 12 to 1,000 and 18 to over 1,000, right. 12 to 18 people to over 1,000. You took the vision. Whose vision was it? That was the the founders of the company. That was the their vision. What we did was we- vision, And then you went and put process around their vision that helped them grow from 11 to 18 to 1,000 people. Correct. How did you do that? Well, it, it was by listening to what they needed, right? Listening, understanding the outcomes that they wanted from their vision. In this case, the outcome was, you know, fairly boring. We wanted good systems in place, a good foundation in place that met requirement A, B, C, and, and D. a lot of value in boring these days. No, there, there's money in this. <laughs> <laughs> if you so, don't have a system, you don't have a business. So you start with the outcome that you want to create and work backwards from there. The vision equaled the outcome. Vision was, we want to have an incubator space that fosters innovation in life science research and development. They said they were going, they they could put the physical space together, right? They're real estate developers, but they had a science concept that had to be supported through proper systems. So how did you implement those systems? Like the the actual hands-on, who did what? So we worked with their first, we started with their finance team because again, they were building a plant. They needed to track all their finances. They had investment. They had to track their finances. So that's really where it starts. So you need to get your, all your financial systems in place. Then you need to put the controls in, in terms of procurement and inventory and being able to track all of that. Because guess what? The government is here to help you. The FDA is going to be right on the heels of wanting to inspect all the systems that you put in place. And from there, the we government went from, is here to help you. I think that was the, what did Ronald Reagan say? That was the scariest. Exactly, the nine, the nine scariest words in the world, right? Yes. So, so it help. started with finance, went into then the supply chain and the manufacturing, and then into some of the research and development. We partner with our customers, right? We don't actually, we're facilitators, we're advisors. We help them make the right decisions put the right processes in place, but we need them to own it. And that's really a key element of what we do. We're there to help them. We're there to get them up and running. We're there to help them own the process. And then we step away. So we measure our success, not just by what we're talking about here, how how fast and how how vast they've grown, but rather in the fact that they, you know, we can have other customers talk to them and say, this was great. It was seamless. We got, they got us up and running. And we are 
self-reliant. Really, we leave our customers very self-reliant. So how long does that process take getting someone from say 11 to a thousand? How long were you with your client? So that was, yeah, that was, that was a two-year ramp. So that was was really, they were, they were hiring like crazy. You know, in one case with CBM, they were, they were just hiring all the scientists they could, all the R&D people they could, et cetera. They then, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's what, that's what they did. It was, it was a crazy ramp up. And in that period of time, we were with them in the active implementation process, probably about for the first nine months. After that, they were, we, we did have a person on site because they were growing so fast and they were trying to do, you need to manage the changes that, that come with adding people. So when you scale, you start to hit some different challenges some different, you need to tweak your process to to adjust it to be able to ha- handle scale. And we help them with that. But again, they were really leading the vision, the initiative. We were there to support it. That's a lofty goal. I mean, that's a, a momentous, momentous achievement to go from 1118 to 1000 in two years. And I like how you said, uh, we leave them you know, so that they can stand on their own two feet, right? Really so you're important. not you're not there saying, okay, great, we're now in here with you forever. It's we've set you up, you're now running and operating your business. What size companies do you work with? Is it only the people that are growing to a thousand? Who implements this? Where what's the range of client you work with? Range of client can be anywhere from, you know, a startup of 40 people, of 12 people in the case that, that I that I gave you an example, all the way up to, um, you're probably familiar with Harry's Razors. We, oh, yeah. we helped, yeah, so we we helped Harry's. We were with okay. them for about seven years, got them up and running. And uh, again, they were, they were very self-sufficient. Now they've actually moved on to a huge global enterprise system. So we got them up and running from where they were to, uh, to just about a year and a half ago. We have a, a great relationship with them, but they are very self-sufficient on, a very, on the largest SAP global international product. Another and innovative sponsors, but I love their razors. I, yeah. I do. I like yeah. them. Another one that uh, another one that that we helped go from uh, ten million to five hundred million uh, in terms of revenue is a company called Rothy's Shoes. I'm not sure if you're out of San Francisco. Max, did you hear that? Oh yeah, ten million to five hundred million. Wow, that and, I think is, uh, I think that's a that that should get some attention, right? Ten million. That to was one of the first. That was one of the first sustainable shoe companies. They started out with kind of ballet like slip-ons for women that were X percentage made by recycled uh, plastic bottles. They were one of the first ones who really cornered that marketplace, and uh, now they've become a, a multi-brand or you know multi-product line brand. That's uh, how long did you work with them for? Oh, let's see. We landed them in 2018, and we're still working with them today. That's uh, sounds like a good client. Sounds like they're growing, and the uh, the shoe the shoe market could use some bigger names. You know the yeah. the monsters kind of dominate that, so it's nice. Yeah, to see yeah. This is uh, they're they're uh, they recently uh, merged with Albergadas, which is a Brazilian sandal company, and they're going to become a behemoth in in just a, a few years. Well, that's amazing. Sounds like you've got some really really exciting case studies and and uh, clients under your belt that you've had the pleasure to work with and help grow. Ralph, if somebody else wants to be your client, if they want to find out more about you, how do they find you? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn, Ralph Hess at Navigator Business Solutions. They can go to our website, www.nbs-us.com. You'll find us there. nbs.us.com. We'll put uh, all your LinkedIn and your website in our show notes. We appreciate you being a part of our program. Thank you for being on the Scaling Edge. We look forward to seeing you soon.
Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Michael. Dan, great chatting with you. Take care, Thank Max. You.